right, we're we are live. live. Welcome, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to a very live, very unfiltered, good news, bad news, LCI roundtable. Uh, we have a group of wonderful folks here today, but this is uh, out of the norm. This is something that we're not doing uh, on a regular uh, basis. Uh, new and wonderful things have happened, and we're going to talk about them. You're going to hear about them here in just a second. But we can't go on without recognizing that tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Uh, and as my child says, it's the day of giving thanks. And I said, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Uh, and so I want to make sure we take a moment here and give thanks for the things that uh, happened this year or the things that are in our lives. So I want to go around the table here and I'll first start with Madam Carrie Baldwin. Uh, Carrie, what are you most thankful for this year? Well, this year is the year that my dad died. So I'm actually um, thankful um, for God's providence and provision uh, throughout that unfortunate heartbreak. You saved it just at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. The way you set that up was a little like, uh, <laughs> like I'm thankful, to a counseling thankful my, <laughs> yeah. thankful my dad died. Yeah. No. Oh, boy. Anyway, well, thank you very much, Carrie. Uh, acting for us as our tech du jour, we've got Jakob Vinograd, uh, all the way from an undisclosed location in York, Pennsylvania. Jacob, what are you thankful for this year? Uh, well, I'm thankful that, uh, Hey, we're all here tonight and we're doing a live stream cause this is a lot of fun. Uh, I am thankful for the past year with Libertarian Christian Institute after we launched the Christians for Liberty network. It's been a lot of fun being part of this team of Christians who, you know, believe in the uh, importance of talking about the gospel and the kingdom of God and what that means for how we view the state. And I'm thankful for the fact that my family hasn't had any major health scares because uh, two years previous to this past year, I had uh, my dad in the hospital with COVID and my wife in the hospital with a bunch of issues. So thankful thankful for a, a year of good health and uh, good collaboration with all you fine gentlemen plus Carrie. <laughs> Thank you for wow. not leading off with <laughs> wow. for whenever I, I was in the hospital with COVID. Uh, or my dad was in the hospital with COVID. So yeah. he oh, rubs man. it in and then says, plus carry. Yeah, plus plus carry. <laughs> Norm, what are you most thankful for here, sir? There's so many things that we could talk about, of course, but I think uh, I, I have to I have to, to hand it to my team here at LCI. Uh, we've done some tremendously cool things over the last year that I'm really proud of, and it really wouldn't be possible without all that. Uh, so the dream moves on and we are going to keep going. Uh, so while I'm also thank I'm so thankful for the team, I'm also thankful to all the folks who partner with us to make it happen. Uh, in so many respects, everybody who supports LCI, whoever watches a video, whoever reads an article, shares it, and whoever especially donates uh, to the cause is, is a part of the team in so many respects. We And we want to honor that. Uh, so I'm thankful for everybody and your support. Uh, whether you're just watching today or you've uh, given five bucks or a kajillion dollars. Okay. Well, we don't have any, have any of those yet, but if you want to, you can, uh, we're, but we're thankful for everybody's support. This is a, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous feeling to do that. Thank you. 
If you didn't notice, Norman is uh, visiting us from the uh, backdrop of every comedy club in the country. So. <laughs> I have a, I have a set right after this. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a clean five. All right, good. All right. And of course, we have our spice du jour, our uh, token Spanish guy uh, down there in the uh, bottom right, who is also from Tejas, uh, Mr. Sepulveda. Aaron, what are you most thankful for this year? I know, I know, I know. He it's because he hasn't lost his hair yet, like Norman. That's what he's saying. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. No. He's coming <laughs> in from a very bad Wi-Fi connection. So we'll wait until his Wi-Fi connection gets better. Oh, until maybe we hear from oh, him. Wait, wait. And wait. there we go. All right. So Can Aaron, what me? are you most thankful for? Go ahead. We got you, man. Oof. Um Um, the opportunity to serve Christ through the Return Christian Institute. Oh, wow. Short and sweet. Well, while I'm very thankful for all of you and for the answers you've given, the correct answer was hazelnut spread. Hazelnut <laughs> spread. You all have been docked five points and now for <laughs> round two. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to the topic that we were all here to uh, to speak about. And frankly, uh, I think libertarians, honestly, guys, have kind of had a moment of, is it happening? Um, is the world, <clears throat> excuse me, waking up? Um, are we done with the era of big government? Is this a, a sign of the times? Uh, because as we as libertarians have heard for years and years and years, a libertarian candidate could never be elected uh, into a high-level office. Um, They're just too extreme. It could never work. Uh, yet all the while, all we've seen is socialists and big government types be elected over and over again. Uh, but now we have a clear and distinct uh, winner in the, uh, the great country of Argentina, uh, President Javier Millet was uh, voted in this week, and we wanted to take a moment uh, during this Thanksgiving to, one, say, hey, thanks, God, for that really uh, strange turn of events, but also, yay, Javier. So let's all give him a big round of applause uh, for winning that election. Golf, golf clap. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very interesting so win, and we'll we'll get to some clips of, uh, of Javier president. here in a second. But I kind of wanted to just get your your basic uh, reaction to that. I mean, just think of it. Again, we've all heard that a libertarian could never win a high office, but Norman, here we are. It is pretty amazing when you think about it. Uh, this, you know, we those of us who kind of came of age, if you will, as libertarians in the Ron Paul era. Yeah, uh, you know, especially if you kind of came in before that happened, like a, most of us in this room, at least, uh, observed it happening, and then uh, and then observed the you know lack of a win, and twice in a row, and so on, and then we observed eight years of Obama, and then four years of Trump, and now four years of Biden you kind of have to be like, man, what are we doing? Uh, this is a fascinating turn of events then to see somebody as bombastic and interesting as Javier Millet uh, win the highest office in the land in Argentina. And how he did it is almost, uh, it, it just seems implausible on it from its face, but I think there's a lot to be learned from it and a lot yeah. of interesting things to kind of 
cover as in this regard. So here's here's to uh, here's to a weird turn of events, and let's <laughs> let's go through it. Carrie, what was your first reaction whenever you heard that Javier, a libertarian and an economist, no doubt, uh, yeah. won the presidential uh, election? Well, uh, an anarchist, for that matter. Um, <clears throat> I was really excited. I was really excited when I first heard about his candidacy. Um, although when I first heard about his candidacy, I was like, he's never gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> You've been like, that's really cool. Virus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I was very excited. Um, for a hot minute there, I thought, I wonder how much land is in Argentina. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, you're really researching it. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty you know, harsh state. Um, I do think it's, I do think it's interesting because, um, the Latin American states seem to have been exploring libertarianism for the past several years. And in some ways, you know, they're maybe in, uh, a better spot than we were back in 08 with Ron Paul because they've been, they've been living with socialism for so long. Um, so, you know, somebody else pointed out that Argentina has had triple digit inflation. I think maybe Aaron can, can correct me on that, but you know, a year. yeah, they've been, they've been living under uh, socialism, like hellish socialism for, for right. a long time. So in one sense, I'm like, great, these ideas are resonating. Uh, on the other hand, I'm like, do we have to get, does America have to get to triple digit inflation before people finally start saying, hey, maybe we need a Ron Paul or a Javier Millet or, or whatnot. But no, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about, about the idea, even to the naysayers who thinks he's a CIA plant. <laughs> If it took the CIA to have a market anarchist libertarian message in order to win, I still call that a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, is, that is a pretty interesting uh, down the rabbit hole, you know, three levels deep. Yes. Uh, but Aaron, you were the one who really made us aware of Javier Millet's uh, uh, presidential run. Uh, so you've been following it probably the longest here and really been cheering him on primarily because you understand what he's saying. <laughs> somewhere um <laughs> somewhere okay no you just see very, no. very very fast speaker so yeah there, there you go um i kind of saw it coming with glee and amazement um although i didn't think that the peronist which will be the other side if you want to see it um left-wing establishment that will be the, the better description when uh, when Millet says lefties, he means left wing establishment. Imagine the sure. democratic how does it um, democratic national convention or something like that. It will be kind of mm -hmm. like that. Um, that was the part where that's why I never said like yeah he's gonna win because it's very difficult to win in that context, right? In the context of Argentina, we call it Peronism. Um, however, the reason why I was very positive about it is because the story for him, and this is something that we all gonna have to learn. I mean, he has every single peculiar um, feature that would actually excite the masses, you know, all the way from being like, he was almost going to be a professional goalie in soccer. He was a sing rock singer. Uh, he was on TV all the time. He's an excellent economist. I'm not just saying because I like him. 
he's mm -hmm. a fantastic economist. Now, people don't think of him as an, an academic economist or, uh, or a scholar because he's so strident, you know, and the hair and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But his scholarship is legit. Uh, I can I can show you some. He was actually invited to uh, to an Austrian uh, academic uh, book in honor of uh, Jesus Huerta de Soto. He's an expert on growth. Okay. Uh, that's how I learned. Uh, I learned from him. His big, 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 big critique of Keynesianism in general was: mm -hmm. these guys are confusing market, one market reality, as if it was the entire economy, and that's mm -hmm. not the case. And people, and this is a big issue: Keynesians and in general most states confuse how one market works with everything else. That's his insight, and he was pushing it over and over again because yeah. he's a pretty good economist. Like this is what people need to understand. We're not talking about some crazy guy. He's crazy. That's true. But not just a crazy guy. <laughs> a fantastic economist. And this is this is the key. And we're going to be discussing it over and over. Yeah. What he saw, I don't know if he was as... I don't know if he thought about it. And he just kind of like intuitively responded to it. But what he did was he said, I'm going to copy all of the rhetoric that right-wingers use against the left. I'm going to win all of those votes. And I'm going to implement libertarian policies. Hmm. That's it. That's yeah. the entire strategy. But I'm going to be as striding as possible. Let Trump look like a little teddy bear that never speaks and is quiet. That's literally, that's the way Trump looks like next to. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. Literally. You guys yeah. can see him, right? Oh, okay. You guys saw how he was talking about the state. And I know Kerry enjoyed yes. that, that video a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it make, whenever we share it, be careful with the language. Uh, it truly does make someone like Trump look like, yeah, this teddy bear that's you know, quiet. Honestly, it does. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Jacob, um, I know we have a certain uh, uh, sequence that we're going to go through these things, but can you bring up uh, clip number three? Let's just go through that because I think <laughs> we need to really understand who this gentleman is. Not only is he a fantastic economist, possible goalie but uh it's also got some pretty fantastic uh, mutton chops not this one uh number three yes that one here why don't you uh start there at the uh, at the beginning so go ahead yep All i apologize right. for any language that you may see or hear but uh we're doing this in the name of uh academic revelation this is education this is how you win elections this is how you win electoral politics electoral politics are different than regular politics let's be ready al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un pero, milímetro. Pero ¿Me puede definir zurdo de mierda? Que no todos lo los que, digamos, los colectivistas, <risa> los que ponen, digamos, o sea, esa idea. A ver, ¿Por qué le pones de mierda, digamos? Porque son una mierda. O sea, vos si, no, pero, ese, pero es que ese, si ese pensás, pero no, pero digo, pero si pensás distinto, te van, a, te van a aniquilar. Ese es el punto. Es decir, vos al zurdo no le podés dar un milímetro, porque le das un milímetro y lo tomas para destrozarte. Es decir, usa, digo, o sea, vos no podés negociar con el zurdo. No se negocia. No se negocia con esa mierda, no se negocia porque te van a llevar puesto. Si tienen un golpeador que caga trompadas a la okay, mujer, just keep it on the on the screen there. One, yes, that's the face of passion right there. Um, <laughs> but that, by, by the way, also, it also goes in, to show that. You know, even though somebody might look a little unhinged, as long as they are telling the truth about the matter and that people can gravitate towards that truth, 
you're not really going to harm yourself in terms of, of a national politics because that's what people who are dealing with 143% in uh, inflation in terrible economic situations, uh, that's what they're yearning for, some sense of truth and no longer lies from their government. Okay, Jacob, you can take that down. I, I, I got to say, though, that th this is a, a purely refreshing uh, thing to see and hear from somebody. But Norman, whenever you look at somebody like that, uh, would you have pegged him as the kind of guy to say, yeah, I would I would <laughs> allow him to be in charge of an entire country? Or, uh, I mean, it just seems a little off here. Well, I don't. I, for one thing, I don't really see him as desiring to be just in charge of an entire country. And that's kind of the difference between that and why this may work a little differently and better than what we ex quote quote expect in American politics on some level. Uh, because we have this, we, our expectation is that leaders will be, you know, that we have this composed uh, demeanor and so on. And that's, and that's good on some level because we should, sure. you know, we, we, we have that kind of uh, rem, reminiscent of the British stiff upper, upper lip sort of, uh, of, of mentality at times. But when, <clears throat> when circumstances call for, uh, for tight and uh, and bombastic rhetoric in order to make a dent in the predominant ideas of the day, I think that is also warranted. Yeah, and there's there's nothing wrong with going on the attack in that instance. Uh, and so you know that may not be the way I would say it per se, but I can sure. appreciate what he's going for. Yeah, why he's trying to say it in this way. Kind of a, a drag out fight, knuckle, you know, bare knuckle boxing type of uh, of mentality that he's really just taking it to to his political opponents. Because, Aaron, if you look at this, uh, there may be a portion of this that you might think, you know, an economy really does not do well with somebody who is uh unstable you know economies like some sense of predictability and stability but uh argentina really hasn't been seeing that what have they been going through historically that really makes them look at this guy and say yeah we need a real big governmental shift here uh okay to keep it simple guys uh argentina before the 50s or so it was considered the united states of the south everything that you can imagine about like free country lots of space lots of freedom great economy, so on and so forth. There was just U.S. in the north and Argentina in the south. That, that That's how important Argentina was back in the days. Hmm. And simple as it is, some type of, let's say, Keynesians have started to uh, to take over the, the country. Very emotional, uh, got to people through emotions, uh, through electorate electric, through emotions, started offering uh, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. And I'm kidding you not, guys. I'm not exaggerating and tons of welfare programs. Actually, today, the welfare state is so wide that there are multiple programs, but they're designed to work with each other so as to make sure that people keep voting for the parents, like the, the establishment. Yeah. yeah. And they're specifically, I'm not talking about they're like, you know, a bunch of random stuff and people qualify. No, no. They actually tell you, oh, you can qualify for this one, this one, this one, this one, and that one, that one, that one, that one. Oh, and by the way, many of those helps uh, type of aid uh, maxes out when you're 35, 36, and then they start giving you less because, you know, there's something you need to get a job. But if you happen to be transsexual, then 
age limit doesn't apply, you can continue the rest of your life with those help. Those are the type of, those one among a thousand to 2000 different rules that, uh, that they face in Argentina. Why? Because since the fifties or so, somewhere around there, they got to the electorate through very emotional and then on top of that, offering tons of help from the government. And therefore there was always inflation. Uh, I tend to make the jokes that, uh, for example, do you guys remember when Russia was having a collapse in, in its currency uh, mm -hmm. right after the war started? Uh, right. we, need, we need to make jokes like, okay, for Westerners, that is uh, the consequence of war. But for Argentinians, that's a, that's a Wednesday. The, no. the, no. the, the economy collapse. The currency devaluates every five seconds. Uh, when you go there, for example, the dollar... The dollars in super high demand. Everyone saves in dollars, including yeah. politicians that make rules against dollars. I'm kidding you not. They save in dollars, although they write down rules against dollars. Uh, so they have this super complicated um, interesting uh, uh, exchange rate program that it has about 27 different exchange rates. If you yeah. export corn, you get certain exchange rate. If you export, let's say, uh, soybeans, you get a different exchange rate and maybe a different tax because they have tariffs against imports mm -hmm. and tariffs against exports that they think they should stay in in, uh, in Argentina. The economy is almost completely closed, except so for that, maybe yeah. tourism. I was about to say, that, that that's going to be terribly confusing and it doesn't allow for almost anybody to really work effectively or efficiently uh, in a way. And I'm glad that you brought up the idea of dollarization uh, and uh, Millet's openness to that, because that's something that he spoke to. This was actually a great interview. Uh, go to clip number two, Jacob, because uh, this was something that uh, he really promised on his campaign trail and really showed that uh, he is somebody who is very friendly uh, to the West and to the, to the dollar. Go ahead and play that. I think there's a previous discussion about dollarization. Actually, strictly speaking, is to get rid of the central bank. Dollarization is an instrumental issue at the end of the day. There are four argumentative axes. One has to do with a moral issue, which is that stealing is wrong. And seniorage is nothing more or less than a swindle by politicians against good people. Therefore, let's say if we consider that stealing is wrong, one of the greatest thieves in the history of mankind is the central bank. The second point has to do with a technical issue, because in the Argentine case, it is more evident when a product has no demand, its price is zero. So if the local currency has no demand and its price should be zero, the equilibrium real balances are zero. Whatever amount of money a central bank wishes to impose, the counterpoint is that the price level is infinite. Demand and its price should be zero. Equilibrium real balances are zero. Whatever amount of money a central bank wants to impose, the flip side is that the price level has infinity. So, in other words, it is a naturally inflationary economy. Then there are instrumental issues related with the different models of dollarization. There is probably the most iconic proposal, which is the proposal of Emilio Ocampo and Nikolos Kajanovsky, and we have different versions to dollarize. So, it's not a technical problem. There's also a political dimension that has to okay, do with Jacob, the I think that that's Argentine good for right there. politicians. This is, I find this fascinating because, again, you've got a, a, an economist here who is 
engaging in kind of real thinky type of, of things and making some wild claims about central banks and dollarization that a lot of people may not be able to follow uh, right away. Matthew, but when you're thinking about it, he's he's just talking about some cle- co- so something completely different that uh, that folks don't go. Go ahead. And he always starts saying, by the way, there's a moral problem. That's why I'm addressing it. Now, I, this is I a heard technical that. issue. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time he says, it's not just that libertarianism is efficient, it is that it's moral. Yeah. We have the moral superiority and we have the technical superiority. Something There's that, no way he wasn't gonna he was gonna lose. That's something that, that Carrie, you talk about a lot when it comes to libertarianism and the moral value of uh, of libertarianism. Um, you know hearing a politician not only speak on the on the <laughs> substance of politics but the morality of politics i mean that's huge right. well yes because you know when you start when you start talking about these things like you know the central bank which is so disconnected from the little person on the ground you know the guy who's who's trying to buy his tacos on tuesday um <clears throat> so disconnected from that, that, that you don't understand how, what they are doing is actually uh, theft against you, right? Yeah. You don't make that connection, but somebody needs to make that connection. Right. Uh, um, because at the end of the day, and we experience this um, here in New Mexico, where one of the poorest states in the union, um, but our population doesn't have basic financial literacy. Um, it doesn't understand economics. It doesn't understand these basic things where if they understood it, yeah. they would see this for the robbery that it is, right? Yeah. Uh, complexity and vagueness really is the the standard bearer to statism. And they want the people ignorant of those kinds of things. Right. Well, and it's it, it, the, other, the other part of that too is that they accuse those of us who are free market capitalist as being the immoral ones, right? The charge right. of greediness and, and so forth. And it's like, no guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. The, the guys who are taking We're the your money who don't want to steal your stuff and want right? you to be happy <laughs> or, or creating the economic environment that makes it difficult for people to provide jobs for you. Yeah. Um, or in our case, we have, we have, um, you know, Walmart's shutting down left and right over here in poor mm. neighborhoods or, you know, dollar stores shutting down left or right in poor neighborhoods because of rampant theft. And it's like, wow. yeah, the conditions that are being created by the state are uh, incentivizing people to steal because they can't afford to provide for themselves and that incentive to steal causes those businesses to shut down so that the poor don't have a place to buy from to begin with. Like that's a huge moral hazard. That really is astounding to hear even in the United States. Cause frankly, the joke here in Pennsylvania is I fell down an abandoned coal mine and there was a dollar general there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're shutting down here. Really? Shutting, yes. Because of, because of rampant theft. In our yeah. case, our our governor our governor has a uh, catch and release program where if you're a violent criminal, 
go back out on the streets, my friend. But isn't this the same uh, governor yeah. who talked about uh, what, what was her stick about uh, taking taking the guns from people? Oh, yes, yeah. and that's that's still a thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> You know, I find I find at least uh, ever I mean, we had some Twitter spaces along with it that Aaron hosted on Sunday night after mm -hmm. the uh, results were in, and we were talking about this with a number of our um, uh, uh, Latino friends and folks from who are paying attention on the LCI Latino page. And if you are of that, uh, if you're interested in that, you should check it out. A lot of interesting stuff is going on there. Um, we were talking on the Twitter spaces and I, and, and it, I've kept, I'm learning all this stuff that it's you know, certain things that I hadn't heard. Some things I knew listening to Bob Murphy talk, we had him on for a bit. And over the course of the last couple of days, it occurs to me that, that there are similar kinds of rhetorical things that, that even libertarians could learn from and employ in, in a crusade now to overtake some of these insane uh, folks off of the right and the left here in the, over the next course of the next year. Yeah. Uh, look at what people are complaining about or what people are concerned really about. It's not just complaining. There are some real concerns um, economically, especially, but also of course in, in, in the uh, more culture space as, as well, but thinking let's listen to what people are saying and combat it in yeah. a way that is not just, you know, it's not just, blame the rich and you're, 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 you're done talking, which is what the left likes to do. It's like, Oh, well, we just need to, you know, people just need to pay their fair share and everything will be okay. And yet that's not, an, that's not going, not, not, it's not right, nor will it even work. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the things like, well, why is it so difficult these days for this generation to be able to buy a house? Why is it that education just continues to uh, raise prices? And why is it, that in that the price of goods and services just keeps going up. Why is it so difficult to start a business and, and figure out ways to exchange and value when it's like difficult to just live at times? Yeah. yeah. And I can respect the fact that people are having difficulties because, you know, like <laughs> I have a, I have a young family myself and it is difficult at times to try and figure it all out uh, when you're not, you know, uh, when you're not going, uh, going gangbusters with, with making millions off of, you know, the, the latest uh, meme stock or something because you got yeah. lucky. But the reality is that things like in the Fed, like trying to teach about why our currency is getting debased, to, uh, understanding why it is that that the, that the zoning laws result in higher house prices. Res you know, all of these things matter. And if we get actually gets kind of in people's faces and in, in, in you know, in a nice way, but right. But more strident about explaining these particular issues maybe we'll have some effect because it's actually hurting people's pocketbooks in a different way than it was before. And so it's time to, to kind of, you know, get a little, get a little angry at least and yeah. explain this stuff and call a spade for a spade. You know, don't, don't give these folks a, an inch. If, as, as Malay said, like call them out for what they did. Yeah. Like don't, don't treat them like that, that these people are, Oh, well, the, you know, we can we they they're just that much deserving of our respect because they're in the because they have an elected office. It's like okay, like <laughs> I have very limited patience for such anything. Well, if we go back to whenever Trump was elected, and the time that he started to gain a lot of traction with you know quote unquote blue collar workers, mm -hmm. he started to show a little bit more passion and a little bit more uh, dogmatism 
about foreign trade saying, yep. Hey, these, these rundown cities are because our people have sold you out to China, to Mexico, to uh, other foreign countries where all of that economy is going over there and you're stuck over here, uh, you know, working a really crappy job for a crappy wage and we're not getting anywhere. And all of that trade deficit is going away. That's actually something I'm not going to say it's exactly like uh, what Mule is saying, but there it's is not, a, it's not exactly true. It's not exactly you know, what, true. But that, what it that did way. is that it appealed to something. Right. And and that is something that I think Millet is actually grabbing onto. And Jacob, if you want to bring up uh, uh, clip one, it, it's kind of in the same vein here. Why don't you just take a look at this and uh, and you can see what I'm talking about here. Go ahead. Go ahead and play that. The angles there. Our fundamental angles are free trade, peace, freedom, and aligning ourselves to the West, where our top references are the United States and Israel. And what about China? It's one of the main trading partners. It might be a business partner with the private sector. However, we do not make pacts with communists. So what would you do? In other words, would you stop Argentina's relations with China? I would not promote relations with communists, whether it's Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, Nicaragua, or China. In other words, for Venezuela, are you going to change the policy? Obviously. And what about Brazil? It's the country's most important trade partner. You've spoken harshly about Lula in the past. Can you have a closer relationship? No. What do you mean? You don't think so? In fact, I believe that Mercosur must be eliminated because it is a defectuous customs union that harms good Argentines. In other words, it's basically a trade managed by states to favor a specific class of businessmen. So that doesn't promote trade. It destroys trade. That okay. generates now, trade th this, diversion. Th this is very interesting. And I'll leave it up to anybody who wants to answer this. Because this we as libertarians would say, ever. hey, we, we want as much free trade as possible, yet what Millet is saying, hey, listen, they may be business partners, but as it pertains to Argentinia, Ar Ar Argent excuse me. Uh, Argentinia? <laughs> Argentina. Oh, please help me, Lord. Anyway, as it, as it per per <laughs> pertains to us, we're not going to do the business as usual with communists and calls about China. Go ahead. Okay, so he's drawing a distinction that people who are accustomed to government intervention in economics may not hear, right? But we hear it. He's saying, if you want to do business with China, like if you're a business and you want to do a business with China, you should do business with China. But we're not going to have these political agreements between us and communists because that creates an environment that is bad for, in this case, Argentinians, right? Right. Um, and we get that because we're saying, you know, because the libertarian, um, you know, free market position is get the government out of the economy, you know, out, out of economics. It should be a free market um, because as soon as you get government intervention in the marketplace, you get all of this crazy, not just theft of the people, but you get all of the com corruption that socialists even complain about. Yeah. Right. So he what what he's saying is very clear to me. It's you want to do business with these countries. Yeah. Great. We're not going to create these political packs anymore. Well, let me leave it then as an open question to the group as well. The idea then that businessmen can can deal with them. But as for the country, we're not going to deal with communists. Is that could that be a winning message to Americans? Uh, absolutely. Let, let, let me explain to you. And it's not just 
the winning message, which you guys can see right away. Like, it, let's make a distinction between me, me as a as a president making an agreement with the Communist Party part of China. It's very different than you individual want to buy something from a Chinese person. Like that's just those are miles away from being the same. And status tend to mix them as if it was the same thing. Yeah. Now this is the other trick. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but it worked. He very he's very tough on China, just like Trump. He imitated a lot of things from Trump. And so when he was saying, "I'm not gonna uh, do treaties with uh, with communists and so on and so forth," and then when he's pushed a little bit. He's telling us, oh, so you're going to impose tariffs against Chinese products. Right, and he's like, right. no, 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 no. He's like, no, 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 no. That's private issue. People want to buy stuff from a Chinese person or, you know, Brazilian right. person. That's what I am not. My administration is not going to do any business, any treaties uh, with a bunch of communists straight out. Now, if you think about it, all you needed to do to win the right wing votes was to be tough on China. You yeah. don't have to impose tariffs. Right. on Chinese people. Do you see the big difference between one or the other? No. And I, go ahead. Get you the votes and the freedom at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I think that's a, a very important uh, message moving forward because I, I've even heard in some circles uh, Trump saying that, I don't know if the tariffs will work. The good news is we can take them off if we want to, but really the damage is done once they've been on. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times once a tariff is on, it's hard to bring it back. Uh, but that message there just seems to be such a a huge and and simple uh, thing to 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 get across well, to people. Trump tariffs though been... are kind of implicitly political deals though. So yeah. when Malay, like so when Malay says I'm not making deals with China, that include that you kind of read between the lines and that means tariffs because the one mm -hmm. you know, yeah. this is how it works. Like when when tariffs are imposed, that elicits a response from the government of whom yeah. you're in, imposing the tariff upon. So that is a discussion. It's just happening over, you know, news wires and and policy and positions that not just via a, a negotiation table. It sometimes is meant to try and push people into that table. But if you don't if you don't do that from the first place, you don't have to make the deal. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the irony to me about what like what Trump was trying to do is like I think he in some respects he was he thought he was appealing to certain to certain parties and he was probably getting you know some measure of support because of it. But it really wasn't it, like it, it was. It's not actually as good for us as what Malay was trying. Malay is trying to do, yeah. Uh, which is that he's like, we're not going to make a deal. We're not even going to go to the table. That's not the only thing we're going to be. We'd be I, discussing would be things, you know, of of, uh, of, of of other natures. I love the fact that that though he's bold enough to name the countries and name names. He's like that guy over there. That guy's a dirty communist. I'm not going to work with him. You know. I mean, <laughs> I yeah. love to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think a major difference that I see between Millet and Trump is that number one, um, the news reporter didn't, sh you know, didn't shut down Millet when he started talking even about, you know, central banking and, and all of that, right? True. We have mainstream media who will shut a person down if they start saying the Oh, we're losing thing. the feed. I'm sorry. Uh, we've got to go. I apologize. Yeah, exactly. Commercial break coming. Yeah. But the other thing is that Millet knows his, his economics. Trump yeah. didn't. And on top of it, um, you know, Austrian economic theory is based on the idea that you can deduce facts from a re reality. And as soon as you start talking about those principles, they become immediately obvious to people. Yeah. And well, that, that's something that Trump didn't, he didn't yeah. have that, that ability to do. 
Hmm. Well, uh, someone from the uh, the Pennsylvania Mises Caucus, and no, it was not me, uh, asked this question, which actually kind of good time to bring it up because we're is what we're talking about right now. Like, did the people vote for Malay because the things he's talking about with the economy resonated with them, uh, or they're just fed up and desperate? They're like, hey, this person's different than everyone else, so we're going to vote for him, or is it both? I mean, I kind of feel like maybe the ones leading to the other people are desperate for someone who's saying something different Aaron and so they're really going to pay attention yeah. yeah go ahead seriously <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like everything that, everything that you can imagine every single reason that a person could vote for a libertarian is there every person every reason for which you would not vote for a libertarian it's there yeah the situation in argentina is hell on earth for argentina this is a super interesting thing if you go as a tourist it's almost heaven, super inexpensive, amazing places. It truly is like Paris. When you go to Buenos Aires, the nice areas, it's no different than the nice areas of Paris uh, plus Spanish. Um, Lately, you, people speak more no, Spanish no, than you. Frenchman, just, uh, yeah, Spanish. Yeah, and, they, and there's no Frenchman, yeah. imagine. When yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't get better than that. And they, yeah. and they, and they oh. win more options than do. But that's a different story. Uh, it it's amazing if you if you go as vacation the food like I remember like uh, Dr. White and I we were eating and for seventeen dollars we got like this huge plate of like barbecue Argentinian barbecue just so you guys understand the, the the big issue there is the food in Argentina is all of the barbecue from Texas plus Italian food that's the typical uh, meal you you get in Argentina that sounds like a winning at combination ridiculous jeez it is are there green, are there green chili cheesburgers the <laughs> they'll come up with something i promise you like that they, they figure Aaron, it out you move like, down there point. that's that's going to be your contribution that's to, right uh, I'm like. <laughs> they're, they're, oh okay and that and they don't play football but they play rugby which is a little bit tougher so they have a how they, they have an advantage on us and i went to the final <laughs> national final by the way which was very a lot of fun they're not so, the it's, 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 okay listen <laughs> Well, I think here, especially in South America, we are getting a real juxtaposition of countries, of leadership, and of of uh, you know types of administrations that within the 21st century alone, you had a very rich country in the terms of Venezuela that voted in an avowed socialist and Correct. really wrecked the place. And now you're going to get a place that is already wrecked, but you're getting an avowed libertarian and we're about to see what is going to happen there. And, you know, if we can all go into our political crystal balls, say it's going to be some pretty good times for Argentina uh, because we can read the economic tea leaves. Uh, but in the next 10 years, we're going to have a clear distinction between real political ideologies. This is something, though, that I think, and Jacob, bring up the last uh, uh, clip that we have up here. This is something that I think that all of us really would love to see just about any new politician come in and do. Go ahead and play it, please. We need to start saying it together. Even if they resist. 
bueno salió el sector público. ¡Afuera! ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social. ¡Afuera! ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Educación. Adoctrinamiento. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Transporte. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Salud. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Desarrollo Social. ¡Afuera! ¿Cómo queda el Estado? Ministerio de Capital Humano. Ministerio de Infraestructura. Ministerio de Economía. Ministerio de Justicia, Ministerio de Seguridad, Ministerio de Defensa, Ministerio de Relaciones Exteriores y Ministerio del Interior. Se acabó el curro de la política. Ministerio I think that's just wonderful. And it, you know what? There, it reminds me of a clip that I saw of Hugo Chavez, whenever he was first voted in, standing in uh, a Capitol, pointing at buildings and saying, hey, what's that over there? Uh, oh yeah, that's some private business, and he's saying expropriate it. Yeah. And uh, over, <laughs> what's this over here? Expropriate it. You know, he's just pointing and, and telling people. And now we have the libertarian <laughs> going to all the ministries in the government saying afuera. I love it. Oh. And, and by the we way, need get, we, we need to make LCI T-shirts that just just say, have afuera. 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 <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, Eric, we will. To say. Great oh, I was going to tell you uh, that every single uh homeschooler that i know absolutely loves this guy going like afuera afuera and says oh secretary of education uh doctrinaire how do you, i forget how you call it brainwash yeah. brainwash indoctrination yeah indoctrination afuera and afuera. i just saw yeah. every single homeschooler oh, yeah. going yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is That's, and, and just so you guys know that every single teacher in argentina voted against me and he won 57 percent of the vote oh breaking wow. a record wow that's huge that's huge that is that's huge looking at some kind with of national education with the entire education uh apparatus completely against him yeah that's 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 huge because yeah. oh my gosh that's that's well huge. it's it, it just it I, what he's done just changes the the entire conversation for libertarians going forward and like I know we don't, you know, here at LCI, we don't make endorsements for political parties or candidates or anything like that. But just like in terms of like the Overton window, like so like I'll share uh, this. This is the meme that people used to share about libertarians, right? It, you know, I'll vote for a third party. And then it's like, well, if you do that, the Democrats will win and they'll take away your guns. It's like, OK, but now, you know, if anyone shares that, you can just share this yeah. as a counter and be like, you know what? It's not. You know, I mean, and it's not about we the candidate or the party. It's just about like, you know what, liber these ideas, you know, these concepts and stuff, they can resonate with people. It's it's also uh, a little bit of a counter to the, the people who just think that, you know, libertarianism is uh, everyone's heard it already and everyone's rejected our ideas. Like, no, there's a lot of people that just like they haven't heard these ideas. And so it's on us to get out there in front of more people and make these arguments and, and to show people how, like, you know, I mean, not every place is as bad as Argentina, but, uh, you know, as people continue to live in these, uh, you know, Keynesian socialist, you know, economic realities. And as the dollar continues to get weaker here in the United States, uh, things are going to get worse. And so that, you know, while we're not happy about that, it, it is a similar opportunity, I think, on our part to start telling people, yeah, things are getting worse. Here's why. And here are the answers. Let me let me just add on to that, because you had that question about, you know, why did people vote for Millet? And 
in keeping with our libertarian principles and the idea that we are methodological individualists, right? We make choices for our own reasons, not because we're a hive mind. It is, um, we should not be fooled into thinking that everybody who, you know, the 57% of people who voted for Malay did so because a light bulb went on about um, Mises's human action, right? Um, right. That's, that's not the case. <laughs> now, maybe somebody, you know, maybe there were people who picked up a book um, of Mises or, or Hayek or Rothbard or whomever because of Millet. But at the end of the day, people voted for him um, for a variety of reasons. And just because he's been voted in by people who are sick and tired of the status quo, and they know that, that the government is the problem, but they don't really understand why they couldn't articulate it to you, that is all the more reason why we need to be explaining these things in simple terms for people so that they can start to see it. You know, you don't want to just let this, uh, the, this, this energy fizzle out, right? There are reasons why people voted for Malay. It's not all, oh, we're all libertarians now, or we're all Austrians now. Um, that no, we have that just means we, we still have work to do. And there's still a good reason to invest in people like you know, like LCI, like Mises Institute or other organizations that are trying to um, take these abstract ethereal ideas from Mises and Hayek and so forth and bring them right. down to the common person. Well, 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 shameless plug for LCI. Speaking of, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, wrong I button, the wrong wrong button. Button. Uh, speak, speaking of, you know, reducing <clears throat> these concepts into simple answers to answer, you know, questions people have, you know, if you don't In have yellow this color. book... Yeah, if you if you don't have this book, because this is, I mean, listen, uh, I don't think that our book is just a good, uh, you know, explanation for the Christian reasons to be libertarian. It's also just a good way of explaining the basics of of, of libertarianism to anyone who's who's uh, interested. And a good example of what you were just talking about, Carrie, it's like you know we, you know, explaining this to the layman in a way that they can they can understand and relate to, and how it affects them. Because yeah, not not everyone's going to read you know human action or 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 chaos theory by Bob Murphy. Although on the flip side, the white pill is hey, of that fifty seven percent that voted for him, you know, how many thousands of people probably did decide right. to look into yes. Mises and Rothbard just, just and all that. that. So how many just new libertarians that. have been created out of this? It's just, it's crazy to think about. On TV, Millet has mentioned Rothbard on TV, national TV, Bob Murphy, Chaos Theory, which I'm proud to have said that I have promoted in Spanish before. He has actually get, and this is the one that got me, and Olivia sent it to me, and I was like, hey, you know how to get, you know how to get in my feelings. He actually got regular people to get, go buy a book from Hayek and then go to one of the meetings uh, of, of uh, Millet and go and ask Millet to sign it for them. This wow. is what he has done to re just regular people uh, that have a job and they like to read afterwards. Uh, they're probably not politicized, but yeah, you know, let's read Hayek. He and and I think um, the first time you guys started interacting about uh, about Millet, if I remember correctly, um, Carrie shared in one of the groups 
because I remember she said something like, look, he's mentioning Menger, Bombaverk, Hayek, and Mises, so this must be good. And I said, yeah, in large meetings trying to get votes and all that, he didn't stop himself and say, oh, and by the way, we do appreciate the great work of great economists such as Hayek, Bombaverk, and I'm like, that guy's yeah. mentioning Bombaverk. Like, this yeah. guy has to win. We're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> and he's doing it in such an unapologetic way, I think, is something that uh, maybe some of the political leaders that we would want to see make some changes in this world uh, could take a lesson or two from, or frankly, just ourselves when it comes to <clears throat> speaking about politics to uh, to certain people. There's so much that can be said about uh, Javier Millet. Uh, we're not trying to be the fawning party, but I just think that this has just been such a wake-up call and a blast of uh, fresh, cool air. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about his uh, stances on on religion, on his stances on uh, his, his pro-life position. Um, he has called out the Pope as a uh, as a <laughs> socialist uh, in a country that is overwhelmingly Catholic. I mean, ninety percent Catholic. Uh, it's a huge uh, fact that he's able to be so strong on this stuff, uh, and yet he gets 57% of the vote. So uh, well, I would want to talk about a lot of his moral standings, but we don't have a whole lot of time. But Carrie, go ahead. Let me, let me just, you, you let me just say. say this. When you know we talked about the fact that he's very bombastic, right? And he's he has he holds no bars, right? When you free yourself from that idea that you have to play nice with socialists, which are the enemy, when you free yourself from that idea that, that you have to do that, then you can talk about these. You're free to talk about these ideas and say, look, no, these are really bad. We don't yeah. want to be playing nice with these people. Right. It, it, they, these ideas we don't want to be playing nice with. It doesn't right. work. It kills people. You need um, only 51% to win. You don't need 100% to win. So we can focus on the 51%. And that's what he correct. did. Yeah. yeah. And he got 57. And I think that there's a lot to be learned here. Uh, and I think there's, uh, uh, you know, going to be in the future very interesting times uh, for the Argentinian people in Argentina in, in general. And a lesson that I think a lot of people are going to learn. But let's put on our prediction caps. Uh, and I'm, I want to go through all of you and I want to hear what you think the next 10 years are going to look like for Argentinian, Ar <laughs> Argentina, Argentinian. thank you, Argentina, Argentine. Yeah. They're and, uh, and South America in general. So Aaron, what do you think is going to happen uh, over the next 10 years? Okay. If, if things work out of the way that I think they will, for sure, he will be able to dollarize the economy. Maybe it's going to take about a year and a half or two years. Now, that is, this is the key part, guys. And I, um, if some of you guys know that I went to uh, Buenos Aires a week before the election, it would have been nice to stay, but, you know, I actually have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would, but it would have been amazing to stay an extra week. I have some friends that did stay. I've heard it's almost um, like heaven there. It, it, no, it, oh, for, for foreigners, it's just, like, amazing. It's just, like, you, you have to go. No, and, and seriously, by the way, before I forget, next year, uh, we're invited to go again. Uh, and uh, oh, wow. to the Bitcoin conference. It's the biggest one in Latin America. Huge conference, 8,000 people or so. Uh, and, we're, uh, and we're invited to go. It's an amazing place to go. It's an amazing conference. Everything's great. Literally, like, it was just a great, uh, a great trip. The other thing I was going to say, since he's going to be able to dollarize, this is the tricky part. The state, whether they're backing uh, in power 
or out of power, they won't be able, the parents will not be able to uh, finance all of the garbage yeah. that has been uh, that has been promoting uh, their status ideas uh, in Argentina and outside Argentina. Whatever happens in Argentina immediately affects the rest of Latin America. This is an insight uh, that one of the one of the other members of the LCI uh, told me because she's married to a to an Argentine uh, to an Argentinian, uh, Ali Salinas. Who uh, Ali Salinas told me whatever happens in Argentina in middle start spreading out to the rest of Latin America because the Argentines have since they're uh, uh, they have a lot of like uh, their social skills are so high their uh, their mm. PR is so high that they're very good about communicating ideas the good ones and the bad ones I tend to make the yeah. jokes with my Argentinian friends to say every terrible idea and every great idea always comes from Argentina they don't have there's nothing in the middle for them it does not the middle yeah. does not exist you get there like there's middle what is that they don't talk. so if you actually get good ideas from there they're gonna spread out real quickly that's why things look like they're gonna and dollarization just so you guys understand dollarization does not mean that people have to use dollars all it means is that they're getting rid of their central bank or that or their, or, or their local you. currency that yeah the, for example i'm kidding you not guys there's some countries in europe that use the euro they're not part of the european union uh, and it's, you're, I'm guessing it's Albania or something like that, but I'm not completely sure. And when we're discussing among economists what they did adopting the euro, which it was just people using the euro instead of the local currency, or oh, Croatia, I think, is in the same in, in the same uh, in the same side. We still call it dollarization. Why? Because it means you adopt the currency of another yeah. that is produced in another country. But there's app. There's going to be absolute complete freedom. It's just that the reason the reason why the dollar is such a big deal, guys, is everyone has to understand this is the most popular currency in the world. Argent right. Argentinians and um, some some things I have told you, he has the highest moneyness in the world. So guess what? Yeah. Whether we like it or not, we're gonna have to use it, which we do in the United States even more so. Yeah. In Argentina or in Venezuela, as soon as something went wrong with their currency, the first oh Lebanon even, which is far far away from the United States, they immediately go to uh, to the currency. That's what people want. Millet has to respect that, and we all are going to have to respect it, whether we like it or not. There's going to be monetary freedom, and so my guess is that Bitcoin is going to grow even more than usual. Uh, cryptocurrencies in general, even, uh, for example, the uh, the stable coins uh, that I tend to support because they're, they're very uh, interesting projects. Maybe not for everybody, but they're interesting projects. So the next 10 years, uh, libertarianism is going to spread out through uh, Latin America, and and this is amazing news. Like that's why I have been happy, you know, going crazy for the last two weeks because I knew that yeah. this was going to make a big difference. <clears throat> it will, and I know the United States going to make a big difference. In the United States because we're learning from them, yeah. and we have the capacity to yeah. change the United States because we can see it. I think I'm glad that you brought that up because the idea of dollarization is not just about dollars. It's decentralizing the currency to see more competition in that currency, which I think is going to be necessary for them to get Absolutely. out of 143% uh, inflation rate. That's just unsustainable whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So Norman, where do you think that we're going? Is Argentina going to rule the world and with their blue colors or are, is this going to fizzle out? What's going on? Well, certainly not rule the world. I, I think the, the thing I would want to underscore is that I don't believe that the immediate result is going to be puppies and rainbows in Argentina. Uh, like it or not, there is a rebuilding that needs to occur. And rebuilding comes with pain, pain points. And we sure. are we cannot ignore that. Um, and so I think we also need to be ready as libertarians 
observing what's going on, answering then the the objections that, oh, well, look what's happening in Argentina now that they've gone through this dollarization. They just lost 20% of thus and such industry. That was so pivotal. To I mean, you can imagine any number of mm -hmm. things sure. where we will observe uh, contractions or creative destruction, and right. people are going to criticize that. And I think we need to be ready to answer that in the same way that we would, for instance, say like, you know, this is why, you know, Somalia is not a great place. It's not because it's libertarianism, you know, okay. Right. And and why you can't say that certain industries, like the fact that they're doing really well is an indictment of capitalism because it's obvious that when you start looking into it, that it's cronyism. So, I mean, we, 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 we understand how to go through the analyses and get to those answers, but we need to be paying attention to that because it's not just going to be you know, up and up and up, it, there's going right. to be hurt. And I think we just need to be prepared for that and yeah. not be too surprised when it happens and have an answer. I think there's a lot of economists who have talked about inflation and coming off of inflation. The immediate downside is once you start, stop the, the binge drunkenness of money printing, there's an immediate hangover. Yes. But the good news is you're sober and you can build your life back up again. Yeah, and um, actually, that's a really great point here because when you start going through this dollarization process, it's not just immediately evident how everybody's going to exchange for dollars in, right. from a currency that's basically worth nothing and has an equilibrium value, as Millet said, of zero. Yeah. So I think that's like it's going to be really tricky to understand what's going to happen here. Uh, and I know re recognizing that a lot of people are kind of already approaching this because yeah. they the de facto. Uh, savings uh, in 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 Argentina is in dollars as uh, as as Aaron contracts, noted. yeah, large so contracts. On, it, it's gonna so it's not going to be without pain, and it, yeah. somebody is probably gonna get hurt, and it's not gonna be happy for you know like it's just it's the reality, folks, yeah. right? It's um, it's 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 what every economy is going to go through who mm -hmm. deals with this type of runaway inflation but, um no matter what yeah. <clears throat> what you but, think but about but it but you guys know guys that the pain is going to be for those that depend from those minutes like what he's going to do he's not going to he's not even going to change much of the welfare state you see guys know because he says i can't change it from one day to another i have to take it slow right. but i can shrink yeah. government spending on everything else, such as getting rid of uh, what is it like secretaries and departments or whatever, sure, sure. because that's yeah. the big. Those are the ones that are going to suffer. Everyone else, everyone is saving in dollars. Switching to dollars is just a natural thing. Yeah, nobody's uh, saving so, in pesos. And it's I think crazy. it's going to be able to show us academically a country that has dealt in this so long. How long does it actually take for that hangover to subside? So well, we we are we know from experience here in the United States how some of that works. And yeah. we've even noted, like in some of our own conversations, I know Aaron and I have talked about, you know, sort of the blessing of high interest rates and noting how this is is, is actually now having real effects right. on inefficient and and uh, and parasitic industries. Right. Um, and we could go on and on and on about that. So there are, you know, so there are things that in the interim that will be better policies to execute first before others. So like uh, the most important one probably being removing of legal tender laws. All yeah. of those all of those laws that are uh, that are on the books that need to get, you know, just destroyed and obliterated immediately. That's that's like first, you know, job one. Getting rid of that, reining in spending, ejecting the parasites and then allowing the the economy to kind of keep building from there. Yeah. Uh, is is like that's you want the safest route to, you know, to getting, you know, to stability at that point, like keep doing it that way. 
Keep doing uh, it. Like, yeah. you know, there's the joke about if you can if you can press the big red button and delete the state, do you really want to? You know, uh, Rothbard have, button. The Rothbard button. Yeah. Of course, my I've always contended, uh, and this is why you know Rod Long likes to call me the button pusher. I just I always always say, you know, well, do I have the button on the next day? You know, and so on. <laughs> right. Uh, so I just thought I'm button slammer. Yeah. But nonetheless, the, the point still stands is that we have to be we, we have to be judicious about this and realize that it's right. not just an it's not just a, you know, button to utopia or something like that. It right. doesn't work. So let's let's be judicious. You know, I think there's there's clearly things that can be done that are better than others in the right order. Um, and then people will, will will do what they will and things will shake out to the better in the long run. But there will be short run pain. Jacob, you uh, delve into the heretical practice of necromancy and speaking to the dead. Uh, <laughs> what does uh, what does the next ten years have for Argentine people? Uh, yes, yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> I'll have to talk to my my Jewish family see if I can learn Kabbalah and all that. And yeah, why are you why are you revealing his D and D group? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, me lays into those things just so you know that. Right? Just just FYI. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, okay, great. He talks to his dog. <laughs> uh, I've heard people mention that. I didn't know what the anyway. Uh listen, I, I don't know what the future holds. I can say is what we should be doing. And we, we did mention this to, to some extent already, but I think um we need to be doing everything we can uh here, those of us who are in the States to support what's going on there in Argentina, support the growing and burgeoning uh, liberty movement, uh, connecting with those down there, helping to, you know, whatever we can, whether it's, you know, monetary support, whether it's just supporting what they're doing through connecting with them, uh, you know, networking with them, uh, sending them resources and whatnot. Sending them One a thing bunch of I'm, yellow books. You're, you're sending them a lot of yellow, a lot of these yellow books. Um, yeah. You know, something I'm committing myself to do, which I, I think anyone who, uh, is inclined to try to do so as well. Um, I recently got a Duolingo account and I'm trying to learn Spanish because you know what? It's like, this is a part of the world. It's not just Argentina. This is a part of the world um, that, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of libertarians here in, in America who, who love to do, you know, we're good at talking about the ideas, but we don't know how to engage with other people because we just don't know their languages. Yeah. Um, and even if a lot of the, the, the Spanish speaking world does know English, it, how much better would it be to you know get our foot in the door to be able to talk with people and talk in their native language about these ideas? And, and, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I can't say what's going to happen. I mean, I agree a lot with what uh, Norman said that like, yeah, we have to be careful about what, uh, you know, in the short term, the creative destruction as the market, you know, comes in and, uh, takes over certain areas and you, know, you have a lot of uncertainty and there's going to be, yes, absolutely. The minute anything goes wrong, it's going to be blamed on blame. the cutting yeah. of, of government programs and stuff. And so we have to be That's ready true. to call that out and, and give answers. But again, not just, you know, give answers, you know, from us over here in America, we need to be, make sure that, that we're uh, the Liberty movement here. Uh, in in the states and whatnot, we need to be doing everything we can to help uh, support the liberty movement down there to continue to grow, to capitalize on this momentum, and the you know to to be the seeds of of liberty and freedom that in you know in the next decade uh, hopefully can help sustain them um, through the you know probably a lot of the you know. Uh, <laughs> 
the the unknown challenges that they're going to be facing over the next 10 years you know it's not going to be perfect um but if if something that i i'll steal from dave smith uh one of my favorite libertarian uh speakers is that whatever strategy that we want to employ and there's so many different strategies that libertarians talk about people talk about the you know obviously partisan politics and joining the libertarian party or some people talk about building up um, alternative markets and, and Bitcoin and things like that. But, you know, like all these strategies have their different pros and cons and merits. But, but, but all of these strategies are going to probably fail unless they get one thing and they would all benefit from this one thing. We need more libertarians. Like that's just we are we are going to struggle with whatever we do as a movement if we do not grow just the total number of libertarians here in this country and on this planet across the globe. So the more we can wake people up to these ideas and get them to to you know uh, shift the Overton window in that direction, uh, the more uh, all these different areas, Argentina, America, wherever you're at, uh, the more we can help increase human flourishing and. Uh, and bilingually yeah. with confidence say yes. afuera afuera, yes. afuera. <laughs> and by the way guys please to all of our listeners if you can visit argentina they'll love to have you there and you'll love the experience literally i'm um, just go to buenos aires yeah. uh stay downtown the place is amazing i would have never totally. thought of it but you know what it's it's on my list now uh carrie you're a girl what do you think about this <laughs> Man, I've been waiting, Matthew. I've been waiting. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, you know, on the one hand, right, we understand that there has to be a market correction, right? So Norm's, yeah. Norm's warnings are valid. On the other hand, this isn't a Ronald Reagan with good advisors, right? This is a guy that actually understands these economic principles himself. And on top of that, he values human life. And so I think if you have a best case scenario for uh, the next 10 years being a beautiful example of productive human flourishing coming out of a uh, socialist hellhole, this is it yeah. because he gets it. Yeah. Um, if, if for no other reason, then he, he understands the principles and he already resonates with the people. So he's in the best position to, to make a difference. Obviously, he's going to um, be faced with the market corrections and the challenges from socialists who will point immediately to the short-term results and be like, see, this sucks. You don't want this. Um and, you know, libertarians and free market economists are always looking forward, looking ahead to what will be the better outcome after, you know, after you have to deal with the disease and, and that sort of thing. So um, I'm very hopeful about what happens in Argentina. I think it will also um, present some very serious challenges to other Latin American countries. They will have to um, face the realities that end up coming out coming out of Argentina. Um, and that will only further fuel the valid debate that libertarians have and that Austrian e uh, economists have 
with socialists and authoritarians across the globe. So I, I think, think that's it's a beautiful way to put it at the end there, because at some point here, they're going to have to deal with the fact of Austrian economics and free markets within a country and how it can turn around a country. Yeah. It, Every single time we've been asked, where has this been tried? Now we can be like Argentina. <laughs> hey, look, look over there. Yeah. I honestly have to say, I've been so impressed because, uh, you know, libertarians can be rather uh, thinky and, uh, and very, uh, uh, you know, what's the word? Intellectual. Uh, intellectual. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um but it's also a very positive movement. It's a very positive political theory. On top of that, we as Christians are very positive because our hope lies in Christ and not in government. Uh, and I think that there's a lot that we as Christian libertarians can be hopeful for and thankful for as we go into this Thanksgiving season uh, with a great win there in Argentina. And honestly, uh, Argentina, I think, is automatically back on the map for so many people just because of this win. Uh, and I think there are good things ahead for it. So, uh, Carrie, Jacob, Norman, Aaron, I appreciate you guys. Thank you all for spending a little bit of time with me here this evening, talking about a, a wonderful win. I hope each one of you have a Matthew, wonderful Thanksgiving. One, one, one quick thing before we hop off. Uh, yes. we, we, uh, everyone needs to read this public service announcement. <laughs> it is time to move your turkey <laughs> to the fridge and taxation is extortion. Thank you very much. Amen. If you are, if you wake up in the morning and your bird is still frozen solid, uh, call the Butterball Hotline. So, and okay. taxation will still be extortion if and you forget to put the turkey in the fridge. That's right. Uh, by the way, uh, Norman, you were saying we need to ask people to help us translate some. Oh yeah, let's stuff? let's throw one other thing out there for for our uh, for our audience, and, and, and this is kind of a call for volunteers. Oh yes, um, we have been Straight thinking up. a lot about the how we will be able to serve. Uh, the Latino community is better. Um, we we started that with our Facebook page, LCI Latino, uh, a while back. And that's been great. We're really thankful for uh, Olivia and Aaron for kind of heading that up. And, mm -hmm. uh, and and I think that what we're, we're kind of getting on the verge of needing uh, act more active translations of both our classic articles and some of the stuff that's coming up. So if you are interested in being part of that, we would we'd love to involve you. We do think that like AI will be able to help do a lot of the translation stuff, making it mainly more like a proofreading. Uh, but if you're interested in thinking about it, how you could be, begin to get involved with us, uh, we could definitely use the help there. And it would be really, really amazing if we could over the course of the next year, uh, make that a major, uh, major initiative for us um, with great volunteers who are helping Good. to kind of bring it forward. So Don't if you're interested, Twitter. yeah, check, check out, uh, yeah, check out and, and message our Twitter account or go to libertarianchristians.com slash contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, and uh, go to the contact page and send us a message. We will do our best to respond quickly. And you know, the sky's the limit there for yeah. your involvement. Whatever you are open to do, we can find you. People that can help us edit videos. If you speak Spanish and if you are willing to help us, we could definitely use your help in this uh, endeavor. Uh, yep. This is something and that Portuguese. I think is and Portuguese and, and Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> that I think would be beneficial to us all because the libertarian message is going to just grow from here, especially in South America. And I think, I think we need to take the whole wing of LCI in a, in Spanish speaking, uh, 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 
documents and, and all kinds of stuff that we put out there in content uh, and just start branding it like LCI Salsa or something like that. <laughs> I think we have it already. You guys haven't noticed yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, Ma Matthew right. needs to learn Spanish and then be out on the streets trying to hand out faith seeking freedom like he did, <laughs> yeah. did, in, did in New York and uh, Hola, Senor. <laughs> hey, next year if we go to Buenos Aires, we're invited to the Bitcoin conference. We literally can go ahead and do it. No problem. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Well, guys, thanks again for uh, for being here for, with me today. We're way past our time, but uh, it was a discussion well worth had, and hopefully a lot of people got a lot out of it. Viva la libertad and afuera. Okay, in, in English it will be fear Over and now. tremble. Fear and tremble, <laughs> haters. Fear and tremble, haters, and because tremble. freedom moves forward. Yes. There you go. Thanks, everybody. See you guys.